Hello, podcast peeps, and welcome back to another episode of What's Up with Katie. And today we are continuing the series of A Woman's Journey with Birth Control. It has been so amazing having these conversations, and every single one of them touches on different aspects of a woman's journey with her body, with awakening, with deepening into herself, with her sort of medical sovereignty. And I'm really excited about this episode today because today I'm joined by Rose Donalds, who is actually someone that I know from high school, which is wild and amazing. And Rose and I actually didn't know each other very well at high school. So even though we went to a pretty small all-girls private school, um, Rose and I were not really in the same circles, but it has been in the last few years, you know, we'd stayed connected over Facebook and have just kind of like come back into each other's sphere and circles. And she's done some of my work. She's really been a huge supporter of my work and we've both been on our own journeys of really awakening and and really coming home to the body and so it was really special to have this conversation with her where she you know has an experience that's very different from a lot of the women I have talked to so far in this series and it just makes me really excited to be able to share this part of a woman's journey and I think there's going to be some really great lessons in here for people, and I know there will be some amazing nuggets. So take a deep breath, get ready, and enjoy the conversation. So I am joined today by Rose Donalds, who I know from high school, which is so cool. Um, Definitely know her more now than I did in high school, which has been really cool to get to know her and kind of reconnect at this new phase of our lives. And so welcome, Rose. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing and being open to share your journey and your story. We've had a number of really great conversations so far, and every woman has a different yet similar thread of experience that I see coming through their journey with their bodies, their journey with birth control and how that sort of unfolded. And so it's nice to have a new perspective coming in today. So thanks for being here. And if you want to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and uh, we'll go from there. Perfect. And thank you so much, Katie, for having me. Um, Okay. So my name is Rose. Like she said, I am 34 years old. I was born in the Cayman Islands and I had moved to Canada I think it was in 2003, so like 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I know. Like I was, it's so interesting because I was speaking to my daughter today and I was literally like, oh my gosh, it's been 20 years since I moved away. But yeah, um, I have no idea what to say about myself when introducing myself. I always find this question so awkward because I feel like I've gone through so many different stages and phases of life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm just going to say I'm me. If you have any questions, I can definitely answer from there because I feel like it's so broad. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that I mean, and I think that that is alone, like a big thing is how do we identify ourselves in the world? And, you know, I think we have these ways at which it's expected that we say, you know, like what we do 
as our job and all of this stuff. And, you know, you've watched me, like everything is always evolving. So you are you, and I love that. Um, and where are you located right now? I moved back to the Cayman Islands. So after graduating university, I moved back in. So this is going to tie into my birth control story. Mm. <clears throat> so I moved back in 2011, December. Nope. I graduated December and I moved back January, 2012. Wow. So, yeah. So I'm back in the Cayman Islands. Yeah. I've been here since 2012. Actually, right. that's so not true because I've been in <laughs> different countries, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So no longer in Canada. Have you been back to Canada since you left? Yes. So I did. I don't. Yeah. You know about my divorce. So I was married for like nine years. And after I got divorced, I did a Euro trip last August. Yeah. And after that, I literally booked a one way ticket to Europe. And I was just like, I'm going to go where my heart wants to go. Yep. And after that, it was cheapest to fly through Canada instead of going back from England to Cayman. So I stopped in Canada and it was it was amazing, but it has changed so much. Has it? It has changed so much, so much. Yeah. yeah. In what ways for you? Um, A lot more construction has gone up. PTC completely changed. Um. And then a lot of the people I knew have moved away. So there weren't as many people that I'd known still in Canada. They've all branched out everywhere. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's interesting when you come back thinking you're going to like, it's going to feel the same. And then something yeah. just feels totally different because life is probably totally different for everyone involved. Right. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. You did a little eat, pray, love then journey. And yeah. I just oh, watched that movie like three days ago and I was like, yes, what a great idea. Definitely. I was definitely inspired by Eat, Pray, Love. And then also, I don't know if you've seen the movie Wild. No. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I started to watch that years ago and for some reason got like, I don't know if I just, I still want to watch it, but. Yeah, really good. <laughs> definitely watch it. Yeah. Okay, good. I need yeah. a new movie. Um, okay. So let's start with birth control. Let's kind of walk through the journey a little bit. So when did you first go on birth control and what type and all of that fun stuff? Okay. So similar to you, I started birth control when it wasn't to regulate my period or anything. It was strictly because of sex. Mm -hmm. So really birth control. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was girl, oh, I was sexually active from a young age. So it wasn't actually until I moved to Canada. When I moved to Canada, I was able to, it wasn't taboo like it was in the Caribbean. So in the Caribbean, if I had um, expressed that I was sexually active, they would never recommend going on birth control. That no. It was, it was just not a thing there. Birth no. Was not that a thing. because sex was taboo? to talk about or was it birth control was just a different type of conversation? no sex was taboo to talk about especially with somebody at my age so I lost my virginity when I was like girl I was like 14 I was really really young 
Mm-hmm. Um, no, I was like 13, 13, 14, around there. And I had moved to Canada around 13, 14. So, but you lost um, the Cayman Islands before? Yes. Yeah. It must have been younger then because definitely must have been like 12, 13. Yeah, it was, it was all I know is it was young. Yeah. And, but we had been together, like my boyfriend at the time had been together for a really, really, really long time. So when I went to Canada and the doctor was asking me all of those questions, she basically was like, it makes sense because even though it was a long distance relationship, it was like every time I was in Cayman, we were sexually active. So the doctor was like, it makes sense to go on birth control. So that was my inception with birth control. So around like 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And how I would often say 14 you, though, I feel 14. Yeah. How long were you, how often were you going back? Cause that's when you, so you and I met at school, right? Cause you were boarding right. at school. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so how often would you go back home and see your boyfriend? So that year though, Hurricane Ivan had happened. No, the following year, Hurricane Ivan had happened and completely destroyed the island. So I didn't get to return home for a good like nine months. So but other than that, every, so every holiday, so like March break or I don't even know, no, February in high school, it was like February at that time. And then summer, mm-hmm. and then I was there throughout summer and then Christmas break. So okay. like, I would say every three or four months, yeah, four months around there. Yeah. Yeah. So what was yeah. your experience like when you went on it? Anyway. Um, I don't recall having any real, like, noticing anything different. I just remember using it. So anytime I I was able to use it to change my period. So if I was going back home and my period, I was going to be on my period, I would take, like, the pill, not the sugar pill. I yeah, would take. You just skip that week and be like, it. bump it up. Exactly. Right. So... That was what birth control became for me was if if it was an inconvenience for me, okay, mm-hmm. let's let's change it, let's stop it from coming. And then yeah. So for about from about 14 to about I would say about 18, it was strictly because I mean my boyfriend at the time, we broke up around that 17. And yeah, so then I stopped using it consistently. But so you did you go you went off for a period of time because you were no longer it was yeah no from then on I would say from 17 to about I had my first child at 24 so 17 to about 25 ish it was not regular so it was either I would use it to, like I was in a relationship for a period and then I would use it or I would use it to change my period. It wasn't just consistent use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Interesting. And, yeah. and I also tried like every birth control there was. So from 14 to about 17, it was strictly the pill. Yeah. And then from 17 to about... I have to go, once I gave birth though, once I got pregnant, that was a change for me. So up until about 23, maybe, I tried like Nuvering, 
Yeah, it was either Nuvering or the pills. Yeah. Yeah. And NuvaRing, I know I remember thinking I was doing that. That was a, a ring you put up that was hormonal though, right? Yeah. It would release yeah. hormones. So it was similar. Yeah. Basically. Right. And that one was, I remember it being very I'll say rough on my system. I remember not wanting to ever like have sex. It it lowered my libido, definitely. Yeah. And I wasn't on for it. it I wasn't on it long. It was like one month. I tried it and it was nope. Nope. Not for me. (laughs) You know what's so funny is I remember because I was in a five and a half year relationship from the end of university into a couple of years into afterwards. And there were major phases where I really didn't want to have sex at all. And looking back, like I also just was not my like life force was not activated. Like I was not a turned on woman in any sense of the word. So there's a lot at play, I think. But I remember like the first thing I heard about when I was like, what is wrong? Cause like, I really love my partner. You'd read like, oh yeah, the pill can totally like kill your sex drive. And you would look in like all these problems that people were having, it'd be like, oh, well, the pill can impact that. The pill can impact that. Like birth control can impact that. And it's funny because it's even at that point, I never thought like, maybe this thing isn't great. I just thought, oh, I should go off to see if I'll get my sex drive back. But it wasn't like, I never really thought about what that was doing to my body as a whole. It was like a very, you know, like specific thing that I was looking at. And now that I, with what I know, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Like if something can change your sex drive as a woman and shut that down, that is also very much a shutting down of our power as well. Definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So then my relationship with birth control changed and it was like a necessity. It was a necessity. Yeah. So I got pregnant with my first child in 2013. And then I got pregnant with my second child in 2014. So I got married in 2013. And I remember feeling like, a birth control isn't like I need to control this because if not every year I would have been I feel like I would have been pregnant and no, <laughs> those were not planned right they like not no so you were like I feel like Whoa. if my husband at the time looked at me too hard I found myself pregnant <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but it was it brought up a lot for us because I feel like birth control was solely put on me it was only my responsibility to take care of yeah so it actually brought up a lot in our marriage <laughs> yeah yeah share a little bit more about that what was that like and what what did that sort of like what were some of the other things that kind of came up through that I just remember being like so after um I had my second child I was like, I can't continue like this. Like I, I need birth control at this point. And so I went on the implant in my arm that lasted for three years. Yes, three or five years, but I think it was three. And it was, firstly, I, in the three years, I, I probably had 10 cycles, probably, if that. like stop my cycle completely and I remember being like 
I remember having this thought, if this messed up, can I curse? By the way? Yep. Curse, okay. curse away. If this... I put explicit on the, on the podcast thing. If this fucked up my cycle, like, I don't think I would mind because I feel like the amount of like the back to back that I was having, because literally first shower was 2013, second was 2014. I was like, okay, if this messes up my cycle, I don't know if I'll mind. So I was not in touch with my body at all. But during those three years, it was rough. Firstly, actually, before I did the implant, I did the shot. So I did the shot and it was horrible. I experienced the shot was horrible. Firstly, I bled for like maybe three weeks. And I was like, I can't, I can't. Like, this is too much. And then my, my face broke out. I had so much, like, I don't have a problem with acne really ever. And my face was, it was, it was horrible. It was really rough on my system. I was like, okay, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about the IUD and I was like, they kept telling me about the risks. And I had a friend who had something go wrong with hers. And I was like, I really don't want to have surgery if I have to, if something goes wrong, like I don't want anything to go wrong down there. And so I was like, I'm going to take my chances with the implants because if anything, it's surgery on my arm. I was, I was okay. That was my thought process. And the implant (laughs) was new, right? The implant was pretty new then. Yeah. Because I remember around that time I had a friend who was in the UK and she, and I had never even heard of the implant. She's like, yeah, I'm getting this birth control. That's now a little rod in my arm. And I was like, right. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. And I remember it being like, so it simulated, I remember there were months when I was on it and it just made me feel like I was pregnant. Like, yes, it was like, I just couldn't shake this feeling of, I feel like I'm pregnant. Like the nausea would come cravings would come it like really changed my yeah like literally there were months where I literally was like okay well I haven't had a cycle but I feel pregnant and I gained my first year being on it I gained 70 pounds wow yes and I was like okay this is harsh on my body but I don't have another child so those were my (laughs) that was my thought process but I at the end of it I was like I can't my body has it's taken a toll on my body Mm -hmm. and that's when the issues started to come up so November 2017 my birth control the the rod was to expire and so I think maybe two weeks after getting it out, I remember being like, like, we need to think of something long term um, in terms of birth control. And I had a coworker at the time who had had a vasectomy and I had asked my husband, ex-husband to have, he was like, I'm willing to meet with him to let him know what my experience was like and stuff like that. But he was just dead set and adamant. No, I'm not doing this. And that's when we started to have issues. And it was like, okay, well, if I can go through all of this and you're not even willing to even have a conversation, Mm -hmm. it was, it was, yeah, it was rough. (laughs) Yeah. 
So when you look at that time now from where you sit now and you look at um, like the deeper patterns in you too that were running around your connection to your body, your responsibility, right? Because this is this is a touchy one that I think a lot of like women really have a hard time with because the ultimate truth is that we are responsible for our bodies, right? And and right, we are responsible okay. when we get pregnant, right? Like we that is like our responsibility at the core, and um. I think a lot of people are on birth control because of this fear that like similar to you that like, I need this because I cannot go. I do not want to get pregnant. I cannot do that again. Like so rejecting of it. But when you look back now, is there anything you learned about also how you were operating in relationship to yourself when you got pregnant unexpectedly? Like a hundred and fifty percent. Firstly, one, I'm so in tune with my body now. I know when I ovulate. Mm -hmm. So I know when it's no go for me. And I I can see how then so when I'm ovulating, I'm yeah, my libido is very, very, very high. And I I can see like I can if I look back at the times I actually got pregnant, I was definitely ovulating. I was just not aware of it. And right. it was like, I, I really wanted my husband in those, uh, or my body did. And um, yeah, so now I am, I'm very aware of when <laughs> it's a no-go for me if I want to prevent pregnancy. That is, yeah, it's doable for me now. And I'm so... I just appreciate how in tune I am with my body. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Well, and I think what's like wild is that we're not even taught that, you know, so here you are feeling like, holy crap. Like, like, here's the thing you have. And of course, every path is perfect. Right. And like, I agree on that. But like, you're (laughs) sitting there as a young mom who was not planning her situation feeling like, holy crap, having no idea how much power you actually had inside to be more in control of that situation because no one taught us about how valuable and how actually accurate and powerful that type of like the fertility awareness method actually is. And if like, even if people are choosing birth control, to know that's how our body works. It's like we get one class, what, on like grade six about how that works and then forget about it. Like there's no context. It's not, right, exactly. Yeah. It's not so, helpful at all. It, it's, yeah, it, it needs a lot more <laughs> yeah. to, to, to give to somebody. It's, it's lacking a lot of information. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you. I feel like I've had to like almost backtrack in a sense, like I, yes, I'm 34 years old, but it's like, I'm like literally learning for the first time. And yeah, it's like, it's not right or wrong. It's just, it is what it is. And I'm grateful for this time, but I'm first, I'm grateful that I got to lose the weight. I took the time to lose the weight because it was, oh, 
is horrible. And now I can give my body what it needs, like what's healthiest for me. Like I'm so aware of that now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to sort of like the dynamic that came up, right, with your marriage around that, I think that is one that there is a lot of onus on the women, right, when it comes to birth control. And, right, this is where like the energetics, I think, play into it, right, because it is our responsibility. It's our body, right? So, at the very core of it, if we don't want to have a child, it is up to us. It's not up to our partner. And yeah. right there, what it highlighted was some like almost more like rigidity and willing, like unwillingness to also be a partnership in terms of responsibility. And that's what it came down to with us. Because at the end of the day, I remember, I remember the thought just came to me and my room spoke to me and said, He's literally unwilling to help or help with his part in this. So you got to do what you got to do, like, to take care of us. Because if you don't do that, who's going to do it? Mm-hmm. And yeah, definitely that responsibility of self came into play 100%. Yeah, yeah. So how did your... Uh, relationship with birth control shift and like when did things was it that time and and did your marriage end not long after that or was it no so I the birth control expired November 2017 Mm -hmm. I found myself pregnant March 2018 wow so it didn't even really I I thought that okay probably it would still be into like in my system and it would have time like I wouldn't I would have a more difficult time if I was to get pregnant no (laughs) you are a fertile being (laughs) but I came to I definitely came to learn that I'm very fertile and so is my ex-husband like he he is too we we and we're we just came to learn that we were very compatible in that area. We had very little difficulty <laughs> with that. But um, yeah, so December, I ended up having another child. And that was when it was like, it was, that was when I was like, my body was like, my body won't allow, it wouldn't allow me to go back on birth control. It was like, we're not doing this. And I was very adamant with my ex-husband Uh, The same way he was unwilling and didn't want to have that conversation, he got to mirror the reflection of that. And I was like, I'm adamant that I'm not going on birth control. And that was the downfall of our relationship, I guess, so to speak. But it was the building or the foundation of my relationship to self and to my womb. Mm. Yeah. And to her. So it was it was. It was a very interesting time period because, yeah. Because it was a lot. Mm-hmm. And it like, usually I think in those moments, right, it, the, the choice just is like, you can't, what I'm hearing is like, you couldn't abandon her anymore. Like she said no. <laughs> and it was just like, I'm going to know it's no first time. Yeah. And really, yeah. yeah. So, um, and did your relationship with your body shift 
during pregnancy? Like, did that, do you think that that had an impact on how you were able to listen to her? Or do you think that that just ended up happening after? Um, no, it definitely changed, changed my relationship during pregnancy. It was, yeah, I, I was able to hear her. It was like we were moving as one. So pregnancy, the first pregnancy, I couldn't have asked for a better pregnancy. It was amazing. And even up until labor. So like I could literally feel, how do I, how do I explain that one now? But it was like, especially like, the last moments when I was to deliver her, it was like, I knew when I needed to push. I knew when I needed to like go to the hospital when things were actually moving. I, yeah, I, I could literally hear my body be like, okay, now we need to do this. Now this is going to happen. Yeah. It was, it was very clear. Like my relationship to my body was it. Yeah. It was just a very clear in sync, yeah, in sync's the word I would use. Mm-hmm. I felt very in sync, in tune. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> yeah, I think, because I think that there's a, like, I've never had kids or been pregnant, so it's like, it's all from what I hear, but I can, right. I have had these feelings of, like, how my relationship with my body has deepened, and I can just imagine, like, oh, it's like that, but bigger is like there's just this like listening and you can start and like even like a lot of mothers experience like tearing while giving birth I remember being like okay let me follow like also guidance but also listening to my body and I didn't experience tearing on any of them no so I don't know what it is with the boys when I got pregnant with the boys they would they both were breached in the same position, but oh. with my first pregnancy, I had a girl, and I don't know, everything went, <laughs> everything girl was power. Like, I know, I, I agree, <laughs> and it's so funny, we're born on the same day, so, oh yeah, wow. we, we have, I know, we have a lot in common. <laughs> oh, that's pretty special. <laughs> so we share our birthdays. Wow. Wow. And then also with Anne, because I'm a twin. <laughs> right. Right. You have a lot to celebrate on that day. What what is that day? What birthday? What's your birthday? January 7th. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So with the boys, it was like I, I guess it was, I don't know if it was my relationship to my masculine energy, but that was a different experience altogether. But um yeah, it's, I feel like I've gone through every experience. So anything you can think of when it comes to pregnancy and giving birth, I've gone through it all. So I've done a natural birth. I've done a unplanned C-section and I've had a planned C-section. So everything I have wow. gone through. <laughs> Was your daughter a natural birth? Yes. Yeah, daughter really? Nat- okay, so <laughs> tell me about that because it's interesting because I feel like arriving at a place of wanting to have a natural birth and listening right to like your body's wisdom feels very much like something that you would do 
like later in your awakening process with your body, right? It's like the, it's like later on. So where were you at sort of like, what had you decide to do a natural birth for your first birth? Because to make that choice, I think there already has to be not a lot of fear. Like there has to be a deep trust of self because to me, like the medical system for birth is really based in like, I need to go to a hospital because in case something happens, I need the doctors. I can't trust myself and like people around me to like do this properly. And so to do that on your first one, like, tell me about that. I don't know if I want to say it because I wasn't very far in my journey with like connecting back with self. I wasn't very far. It was literally the beginning. Yeah. But um, everything just happened that way. I remember having, like being very open. I didn't feel fearful. Like I remember, I remember just having this thought, Rose, you literally do nothing. In nine months, you're going to have a child. <laughs> and I just remember you thinking, there's nothing I can really do, but to like continue, to to continue continue to process which I did and I remember just being very open so yeah I when I realized that I was in labor firstly one it wasn't at the start of it it wasn't as painful as people led me to believe Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm dying (laughs) and my water didn't break so uh, it was like, okay, I just have to keep, I remember she kept saying just, if you can manage the pain, just stay at home. And if so it wasn't too unbearable. Planned, it wasn't planned for sure that you were going to do it at home. It was like. No, no. So I didn't do it at home. I did it at the hospital, but I didn't have any medication. It was just, got I it. went in there okay. and just, but by the time I got to the hospital, I was already eight centimeters. Okay, so natural birth, not home birth. I mess, may have missed. Oh it. yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, so vaginal birth, just yes. got yeah. it, got it. I was for some reason I heard that and I thought home birth, and that's why I was oh, like, that's yeah. radical to do. No, first no, 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 no. Where Okay, okay, okay. Hopefully the list, the listeners were probably like, Katie, where where are you going with this? Okay, so in hospital, continue. Yes, yeah. So I just free from pain medication. And I remember just, I walked, so I was mostly on my hands and feet for in that position. And it was like, it. I mean, it was painful, but it was, it was manageable. It was, yeah. And I just remember being very connected. So I remember being able to count. So I remember just being like, okay, Rose, just count to 40, the contraction will be done. By that time, it usually, so I was like, 40 is not a bad number to count. 40 seconds isn't as long. And it reminded me of menstrual cramps. I just didn't really experience painful, painful menstrual cramps. I just remember with cramps, there was no, it was continuous. But with contractions, you get a break. Yeah. So you'll get maybe two minutes to breathe and be like, okay, we can do this. And like prep yourself. And I'm naturally a very optimistic person so in my head it was naturally like okay we can do this we can do this we can do this it's not like dread or doom yeah yeah (laughs) like like, uh, yeah yeah. so it went fairly quickly yeah that's beautiful 
Yeah, that's totally. really amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so let's go back. So to you've had your three kids. Yeah. You're not willing to go back on birth control. Never. Mm-mm. Okay. So, so okay, because there. That yes. So I remember like reaching out to a lot of people on Instagram, especially people who were following a more natural way of living. I I reached out to a lot of people of what are natural um, birth control remedies. So that was, and the answers that I got were papaya seeds. So eating papaya seeds naturally will, well, it's more, it can be both for men and women, but mostly for men. So I would say it started with that. And then I started meeting guys that practiced um, semen retention. Okay, so so then marriage is done at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So how did you meet these semen retaining men? Is this tantra community? No. No. One was like naturally just in person and then the other one Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the only two real. Yeah. So, but I would say now I'm in a place where I know where, what I'm ovulating. So I'm not in a relationship at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I've actually, I, I feel like the last six months, I was like, okay, let me try casual dating. And yeah, that was fine. And so I don't schedule dates around the time when I'm ovulating, that kind of thing. And Isn't so that kind of so annoying, good? don't you find? Because that that's the time that like, for me, I want to meet new people. And I'm like, yes, you no. know, my body's like, yeah, <laughs> dating. And then it's like, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. because I was talking with friends and it was like, if a, if a guy can't make it past your luteal phase, he's not the guy, right? <laughs> like, you only want him when you're ovulating. <laughs> he's not the one. Yeah, it's a no go. It's a no go. For me, Katie, I have the experience of having the three kids already. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, when I see them, I'm just like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine with like not seeing people at that time. Yeah. You they're, know, you've been like, yeah, you're there now. <laughs> no, I'm there now. I'm yeah. like, the responsibility is number one. It's like, yeah. And it was such a rough process. I would never want to put another child through that because divorce isn't, it's not an easy thing to go through. And if anyone tells you that, they're lying. Mm-hmm. so yeah no just yeah. seeing their beautiful faces is really it does it for me <laughs> yeah yeah so would you still consider yourself a sexually liberated woman even though you're met you're you're you know and by that I mean like do you still feel empowered or do you feel chained by your cycles or rhythms not at all. I absolutely love my cycle. I love, I don't really, I don't feel like you can escape any type of cycle. There's always going to be some cycle that we have to follow. I love it. I love that I'm just in tune with it now. It's, it's not an inconvenience to me. I see it as just different timings, just timings for different things. So yeah, no, I feel, I feel liberated. I feel empowered. I feel like I have a lot of information and knowledge to apply to myself. So 
Yeah, I, I, it's, yeah, it's just something to be creative with. Oh, yeah. So I, I let me see if I can go deeper because, like, for me, I have just like how you said, like, your luteal phase. So for me, I literally, this is gonna look like literal mess, but it's, it's not nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I have like a journal and I've been, documenting like my feelings what foods are typically good for me in different like seasons so like my um when I'm menstruating I definitely always try to have um beets Mm. and like ginger things that like so it equates to like our winter phase Mm -hmm. so things that will typically be warming like soups so beet soup or um, teas with a lot of ginger. Mm. And I found it to be really creative. Yeah, so um, also leek. So I'll do like leek soups or, um, yeah. I know that like in my follicular phase, it's like I'll have a lot more like flax seeds and pumpkin seeds and things like that. So I find it, yeah, like when it comes to nutrition, I try to meet what my body needs and wants at that time. And like, it also, it, it shakes like my, it, it shakes everything, like my whole reality. So like, I know that when I, cause I can overcommit to like, cause I'm a very social person, mm-hmm. but I know in my luteal phase, like you were talking about, if I don't listen to my body, like if I don't, there'll be I'll I'll feel the effects of that. Mm-hmm. And what we would call PMS, it's to me I just reshape it or I rethink it, rethink of it as like my body's telling me to do this and I'm not listening to it. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's like it's like fighting a surfing wave, right? Like right. It, yeah, if you're gonna surf the wave, it can be really pleasant and fine, even if you don't feel yeah. like you're on it you're like well I'm on it you fight that (laughs) that's when everything is and I think like when you say that because it just it makes me a little bit sad thinking about how many teenage girls have this idea of PMS and like resist it and think that that's normal it's normal because it's common but it's actually of things that are like not in harmony And when we're not taught how to be in harmony with those things or what even there is to be in harmony with, there's no power in that because we have no idea what's going on. Right. So it's just like this inconvenient nuisance. And like, I feel like you're spoken like a true artist, right? It's like everything, the landscape is changing all the time. And so I can have fun meeting the newness what's here and working with it which makes life to me so much more interesting when I hear that. I agree with you. <laughs> Definitely. And it's like, I'm grateful that I'm meeting, like, even like I, I'm getting to know you on a deeper level. Like, cause when we knew each other in high school, it wasn't like this. I was, girl, I was a completely different version of me, but um, <laughs> um, something that you said that stuck out to me was um, like, we get to redefine a lot of what because a lot of what is common isn't healthy and we get to redefine that like 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when we do it, the world does it right. And I think that is the most empowering thing. Like if we do not have reverence for our own cyclical nature, how would we ever expect men to have reverence for our cyclical nature? Is not, they don't know, like no man can know at the level that we can feel what's happening. And so it's like, of course the world is designed based on their cycles because that's just what they know and has been convenient for them. And so it is up to us to like hold, I think just like the beauty and reverence for the dynamic shifting that's always happening because then they're going to see the power in it. But if it's an inconvenience for us, like no man is going to be like, Oh, that's beautiful. Like, sure. There are some gems who might do that, (laughs) but like they learn that it's beautiful because a woman showed them some woman, whether it was their mother, their sister, or a woman they were with embodied the power and beauty in that nature. And that's when a man can see it. Right. Yeah. So it's up to us, in my opinion, to like, have fun with that. And I know there's so much deeper I can go to in like, I can get caught up in like the surface level and going, well, wait, maybe I can like deepen into this in this phase of my cycle and like feel this even, even more tender and have more fun with it. Like, I love yeah. that. Like, it's, I use it to be creative. Exactly. And that's when you think about it, it's, it's our womb and our womb is what is the very base of creation. Yeah, we get to either create our life or we get to create life. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, oh, this is so good. Okay, well, thank you so much, Rose. This is, I love your journey and perspective. And it's been such a gift having you in my world too, like in these last couple of years and getting to know you in this new way. And um, I'm just really excited also for the listeners to hear your shares because you have so much like feminine power and your journey is really, really beautiful and empowering and powerful so thank you for being here thank you so much and thank you for holding space mm, you're so welcome. to be creative yeah yeah it was interesting to go back to that space because at the time like at, believe it or not well no you probably believe it <laughs> but I was gonna say I got a lot of flack and I got a lot of pushback especially for doing what I was doing especially because it's not typical for a woman to like have kids and then okay now we're gonna take responsibility for my body and do this I was very much encouraged to like remain with my ex-husband and to do it for the kids that kind of thing and it was like no I get to teach my kids also even though they're young now and they don't really understand it but I get to teach them about you know, listening to yourself and listening to what's healthy for you and what's right for you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been non-traditional or very, <laughs> yeah, it's just not ideal, but mm-hmm. it 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 is what it is. It's, and you're paving yeah. the path for them right? Like that's, that's, I mean, when I think about what our role is as humans, it is to just continue to like learn the lessons and and optimize those lessons so that everyone we come in contact with, especially the next generation doesn't have to experience things the same way. Mm -hmm. So you have, and when I look at my daughter, it's, 
oh, she's like literally not getting the same experience as me. Because for me, I like matured at such a young age. So when I was like 11, 12, people thought I was like 16, 17. Mm. So I, I feel like I was almost forced into maturation because people treated me that age. Right. And my daughter has a different experience. She's 10 now. She doesn't, like by 10, I was wearing a C-cup, Katie. Wow. I know. <laughs> I know. And like I was like five foot two, maybe. I just didn't look like a, like a preteen. Mm-hmm. And she she's getting that experience. Like she has a childhood. So, and people are treating her like a child. Oh. So it already is different. Like when I think about it, I'm just like, she's getting a new experience so and I'm grateful for that and I get to I've already shared like it's not a scary thing I think that she's gotten it from like her teachers that it's a scary thing to get your cycle she hasn't gotten that from me and I'm grateful that she'll see another side so Mm -hmm. Uh, yay you're a great mom great great mom yeah yeah oh Okay. Well, this has been great. I'm going to get this up. I'm going to release probably one more before this one. Yeah. So it'll probably- I mean, it's been great listening to them. I th- I like hearing your perspective. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, and awesome. you, you, I like the way you express yourself. Like, yeah. Thank you. Thank it's you. Clear. <laughs> it's, what? It's, it's clear, but it's, I like your unique just yeah. your unique way of how you express yourself like yeah yeah awesome. i understand you oh good yeah. yeah i i feel you feeling me all the time <laughs> I, love I love it okay well i will keep you posted when it's up and ready to go but thank you so much no worries really thank you too again all right i'll see you soon bye, bye. yeah